and welcome to Mumming It, the podcast where we chat all things parenthood. I'm Harriet Shearsmith and I am indeed mumming it in my way with my three kids, but I want to know what that looks like for other parents. If you like the podcast, don't forget to check out my book, also called Mumming It, available in all good bookshops and online. Hi everyone and welcome back to Mumming It. Today's guest is a very special guest who I'm really excited to talk to. She is currently expecting her first baby, a model and someone who I am really looking forward to chatting with all about pregnancy and how things are going for her. So it is Laura Goodwin. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to have a good chat. This is what I love about podcasting. You know, I've just said this to you beforehand that it is just a really nice chat and it just feels like sitting down for a cuppa with a friend. It's lovely. Yeah. First off, for people who might not know who you are, talk to me about the things that you do, what you're known for, and all about yourself. So I am a model. Officially speaking, my agency referred to me as a curve model. Previously, I think the terminology was always plus size model. Obviously, that's changed over the years I've been doing it. I've been modeling now for over 10 years, and I have spoken many times about body positivity and body confidence and just learning to be really happy with yourself. Yeah, I also do invest in property and I do a lot of renovation work, which is kind of like my outside love and passion. And I have also just launched a photography studio as well, which is like a brand new business that I've just set up during my pregnancy. So yeah, a bit of of everything now at the moment. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. We renovated our home and honestly, the stress. (laughs) So much fun, but also... We were kind of living in like just the living room and everything else was being done. And then in all of my wisdom, I was like, do you know what? The living room really does need doing as well. So <laughs> moved everybody oh. upstairs and was like, we've got no kitchen. We've got no washing machine. We've got nothing. We've got no cooking. Oh, bless you. And in the living room, it was chaos, but it was so much good fun. I think once you start kind of working on the house, you notice all the other things that you could change, right? So you've started working everywhere else. And then you said, actually, the living room might need a little love as well. <laughs> and you get drawn in, don't you? Yeah, you do. You realise that a little tweak there wouldn't matter too much. Mm-hmm. It's not, it goes from being tweaking to just being completely ripping everything out. No. <laughs> So how many have you actually transformed? How many have you done? So I'm working on my third at the moment. In the middle of lockdown, we were actually doing my second, which is where we live. So our home. Um, And we did a top to toe renovation, everything. I mean, we gutted it from the ground up. Yeah. Um, We started before lockdown and then obviously had all the knock on effect of lockdown. So you couldn't get plaster. You couldn't get half the materials that we needed. We were worrying about working conditions for obviously the tradesmen that were coming in. So yeah, it was a really interesting time to do it. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're almost there now. Do you know, it was really funny because we needed our back garden. So when we did our property, we stopped short of doing the gardens. There wasn't that much that we needed doing upstairs. So we didn't really do much upstairs, but the whole downstairs transformed and we built an annex. We completely extended the back half of the house. So the whole thing Amazing. was completely transformed. It was wonderful. An experience that my husband says he will never Um, it was good fun as stressful as it was and when we stopped the gardens were like completely destroyed because they were covered in 
concrete and things, but we decided that rather than just keep going, we would wait and then we would invest in what we actually wanted to do to the garden as opposed to trying to do it on a budget. Yeah. So we held off. And at the very beginning of lockdown, somebody was meant to be coming to do the garden and then of course everybody got shut down. No. Nightmare. So the kids were they had no garden or anything because it was no. mud and concrete and rubble and it was so bad. And then when we wanted to book someone about two thirds of the way through this whole debacle yeah every single tradesman that we went to was booked up and you're nodding your head yeah furiously nodding my head I know exactly where you were at yeah it was mind-blowing did you find that when you were doing all your renovating it just everybody seemed to be booked up all of a sudden we did struggle with the garden we had exactly what you had I think the men that were working inside they had no care for the garden right they just said anything that we don't want just gets dumped out there and we had no lawn left we'd done an extension as well they've had diggers in there so it was a complete dumping ground and we absolutely couldn't get any gardeners everyone was booked up I think because everyone was in lockdown they became so aware that if they could have this nice outdoor space let's invest in it so the gardeners or the sort of landscaping guys were booked up for months in advance something that I think I had never realized was so difficult before was getting a carpenter so we couldn't get doors on (laughs) we were changing all the doors and all the old doors had gone so they were like kind of glass panel doors you know where it's like a whole sheet of glass and we were advised they were like old and not that safe and whatever so they'd all been removed we didn't have a single door in the house and we couldn't get a carpenter to hang the door there are very very high demand carpenters in East London so if anyone's looking for a new trade I highly advise them get into it you can't get one for love nor money but yeah we, we we got there in the end somehow no doors at all on any room so you did like toilets bathrooms and it's you and your partner yeah when we first started the work we actually moved into my mother-in-law's because she was out of the country and then during lockdown some of his family actually were back and so there was more pressure for us to get into our own house so when we moved in we didn't have the kitchen sink (laughs) we didn't have a kitchen workshop and we didn't have any doors or window coverings at all so we used screens you know the folding screens Amazon was my best friend I ordered a lot of folding (laughs) screens from Amazon and it was a case of like pull that over the door yeah (laughs) but we got I mean, that's definitely one way to prepare yourself for the parenthood that you're doing because there is no... (laughs) once the kids arrive I've threatened mine quite profusely this evening and be like right you are in bed you do not come unless there is an emergency and I feel <laughs> to caveat that and be like right guys only in an emergency because I panic and I'm like what if something happens and they're sat there going well she did say not. yeah she said don't come <laughs> she said don't come and all sorts of things are kicking off upstairs like some kind of home alone rerun <laughs> I'd say, don't come to me unless there is an emergency and my mm-hmm. youngest looked at me and I could see her smiling and she was like but what's an emergency mummy and I looked at her and I went it is not that you cannot read one of the words in your book that's what it is Aww. you could just see in her face that's exactly what she said mummy's busy time so yes you're definitely well prepared then for lack of privacy I'm glad to hear that I'm glad to hear that because obviously I think when you're pregnant with your first baby a lot of people are like oh goodness me you've no idea what it's going to be and you start to think wow I really don't have any idea and maybe I'm not that prepared for it maybe there are a lot of things that I will have to adjust to very very quickly so when anyone says oh actually that might have been good preparation I think oh yes I've got something going here I think you know there's an awful lot of scaremongering 
I find when you're pregnant? When I was pregnant, and like when I was pregnant with number three as well, people would come to me and be like, you have no idea what you're in for. It's going to be <laughs> outnumbered now. And I'm like, gee. But there is, there's so much scaremongering around it. If you've had quite a lot of comments that you've just thought, oh no, this is not what I need to hear. I have. And I think probably everyone goes into having their first baby with a little bit of over-optimism, right? I'm sure that as a mum of three, you can listen to what I'm saying and think, no, you'll learn a few things pretty quickly. And I completely understand that. I think on the other hand, there are probably elements of my job over the years that have helped. So traveling, sleeping on a plane for three hours overnight and things like that have probably in ways given me a little bit of prep into the lack of sleep. And also in ways, it's not the same as having a child, I completely appreciate, but having a lot of time around other people. You know, in my job, you're always kind of surrounded by people and in the nature of the job, people kind of touching you and fiddling with your clothes and touching your hair and your face and all that stuff just doesn't bother me at all. So I'm hopeful that after those years of never really having too much time to relax, until COVID, of course, because obviously that locked us all down and forced us to stay at home. But until then, I think that kind of decade of being on the go, hopefully, has given me a little bit of prep, I think. (laughs) I don't see why it wouldn't. And it's funny that you say that about always having people touching you and being in your personal space, because that's not something that generally you would come across in most jobs, is it? And I think for somebody in particular who is used to that time alone and is used to having your personal space and having that me time and that divide that makes it really difficult when suddenly this little person person comes along and is like constantly attached to you 24 7 so yeah yeah interesting to see whether or not you take what you've had over the last 10 years and go actually this is not too dissimilar in a totally different way but not too dissimilar what I've been used to yeah I hope so. <laughs> how have you been feeling throughout this pregnancy then? So this is pregnancy number one and you are how yeah. now? I am 31 weeks now. So not that long left. It's strange. It feels like it's gone quickly and slowly at the same time. I don't know if that's something that you, you felt with your pregnancies. I have heard that it's particularly like a first pregnancy thing that, you know, it feels really long. And then maybe when you have your second, you probably just know what to expect. So maybe it feels like it goes a bit quicker. <laughs> Anyone who asked me this question, I'd say I always start with, I am so 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 happy that I'm pregnant I'm having a little girl and I'm absolutely over the moon but I have probably found pregnancy challenging in ways that I didn't maybe think I would and I've been quite lucky I haven't had like you know extreme morning sickness or anything like that but I think probably having worked as a plus size or curve model for so long and you know I'm someone that has always struggled with their weight and that's something that I've been used to from sort of 12 13 and I've really adjusted to it and grown very comfortable with myself but I think then actually being pregnant it's such a different body experience right I don't know if you felt this way but it's truly the first time in my life where I feel like I genuinely don't have any control because previously it's like okay yeah I've struggled with my weight but I could maybe be a little bit more active if I wanted to or you know I had some kind of flexibility and I'd also adjusted to my shape as it was and yeah I found that a really unexpected and I feel almost a little bit disappointed in myself having felt that way but then I think it's because I just didn't mentally prepare for it really so I would say I've kind of come full circle now where at this stage I'm like okay I'm really thankful that my body's doing what it needs to do and I'm, I'm so grateful that it can do it but yeah I think it's something actually that's more of an issue for women than, than I would have realized before. It's really interesting that you've said all this because the amount of people that I speak to who are exactly the same who found pregnancy and the changing of their body because it doesn't matter I don't think what size you are 
what shape you are, who you are, how confident you are. Your body goes through so many changes during pregnancy mm-hmm. and it can be a real shock to the system. But funnily enough for me, as someone who always really struggled with her weight and like you say, probably from the age of about 10 to 12, that kind of time, mm-hmm. I was very much the same. I struggled with my weight. I was always felt like I was the fat kid. I always felt like there was something mm-hmm. wrong with me and it took me a long time to find that confidence within myself. And I certainly didn't find it by the time I was pregnant with number one or number two or number three. It it was afterwards. The only time that I actually felt really happy with my body and with my curves and my bigger boobs and my belly and my hips was when I was pregnant. It was almost like... Really? I expect to be larger when I'm pregnant. So I'm happy. Whereas any other time, and I wouldn't even eat the slice of toast after I had Toby because... so determined that I was going to be thin again oh no no I was so oh bless you number one actually I wasn't too bad but then by number two I was really hardcore into the diet mindset and I you know oh. smallest baby because I didn't eat as much throughout the pregnancy thinking right muscle. oh and yeah bless you when I got to the 39 week weigh-in because I'd gained a stone <laughs> which is, is oh the smallest amount to have gained throughout an entire yeah but yeah. I didn't see it that way and I was so blindsided by it but what I loved throughout every pregnancy was the bump and was the differences in my body because it almost felt to me like these are differences I've been excited to have all my life yeah and I'm not looking at them in the negative mindset that I've always been taught you should have when you've got extra weight or you've got a different body size to what you see in the magazines or used to see in the magazines when I was growing up. It's really interesting that you see it from the other side and the amount of people that I speak to that are the same. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I've sort of fallen in this strange middle ground between what you're saying as well, that I haven't restricted myself in any way. That's probably why I feel like I've gained quite a lot of weight, but I've really blent into, you know, if I feel like I should be eating this or if I need more milk or I want loads of carbs or whatever, I've really lent into it. And I don't think there's any danger of me having a small baby given I really lent into the craving. So I don't think there's any worry there. And I'm actually, I'm not unhappy having a bump or anything like that. I think it's more just seeing my shape change so drastically and say, okay, well, you know, I don't know how it might be afterwards. I guess in ways it's almost that. I feel actually like I understand a group of people maybe better than I even did before. Because I think even in the sort of body positivity and now the body neutrality, which is the term I actually really like, but the sort of body positivity neutrality kind of community, it can be difficult sort of falling as a bit of an in-between size, right? And I can understand that sometimes some of the women of larger dress sizes can be a bit offended by some of what the in-between kind of sizes say. And it was always a difficult one for me because I felt on an emotional level that I really understood anything any woman of any size said, right? Because ultimately, I don't think it's actually the size that you ever are. I think it's just how it affects you. And it's all relative. The girl who's a size eight, for example, that feels insecure, she feels as insecure in her own way as someone that's a bigger size and vice versa. But the one thing that I would say is that I realized that there are a group of women and men that maybe really don't have as much control over their bodies for for various reasons. You know, it can be health related, all kinds of things. And I didn't have some of those considerations. Whereas now I'm like, okay, I actually can understand how, you know, for example, my my boobs have gotten so much bigger, right? And before they were already quite big, but now I feel like, okay, I understand a group of women with even, I say even, but like I'm already like a full cup size. Yeah, so I think it's just, 
given me like a different perspective. And I think the other side of it is that, um, I don't know if you know Louise Boyce, who has an account called Mama Still Got It. Yeah. So I've known Louise for years, actually, through modeling and one thing or another. And when she was pregnant, she kind of did this campaign for companies to use actually pregnant women, right? I remember this. It was brilliant. And like as a non-pregnant woman at the time, I could understand, of course, where she was coming from, but maybe I didn't feel what profound impact that really would have for women who were pregnant. And I don't think I ever imagined kind of going into pregnancy that you could almost have this like body ideal for how you should look when you were pregnant right and then I think actually in the process of being pregnant and you realize like oh okay well I love my bump and I'm very happy to have one but maybe it doesn't look like other ladies bumps on on Instagram or you know I'm looking for maternity clothes and I go on ASOS for example like the girls that are modeling this maternity wear have the most perfect bump and everything else is just their normal size right because they've got this strapped on bump and I'm like I cannot tell how that's going to look on me when I get that home and I put my double J cup bust in that dress is going to look so different and so I think actually now I'm, I'm really in the position where I can say Louise was spot on I mean really it is a really strange thing to strap a fake bump onto someone and say go show ladies what they're buying you know but it is it's such a strange thing isn't it and I remember that campaign and I want to say I was pregnant with one of the kids when that campaign right. was going and I remember looking at it and thinking yeah actually because you do have this ideal of what this perfect beautiful bump will look like and it'd be nice and neat and it'll look this way and they all look as with everything with everybody they all look totally different and yeah your body changes and moves and is different so it would be an actual pregnant person modeling maternity wear yeah. so do I remember that campaign and I loved it at the time and still think it's relevant now I'll go on ASOS and I see a dress that I like and it's not yes. the regular section I'll buy it from the maternity section it's never bothered me yes but I notice now I quite often see Love Island stars modeling it and I'll look and I think I didn't know she was pregnant and then google it and I'm like no she's not pregnant it's just she's wearing a bump yeah wearing a fake bum and it never yeah. even occurred to me that people would be wearing fake bums until Louise's campaign so I totally yeah. mean that and it does it makes such a difference to how you perceive what you should be like when you're pregnant yeah absolutely and I think I was kind of on the other side of it prior to being pregnant because I understood the logistics of actually having pregnant women shoot right because the shoots are planned in advance you don't know how pregnant the model is going to be and I can understand it from a simplicity point of view but then I do think it's such a weird space that now we even kind of police our bodies when we're pregnant right and we're even saying like oh we're critical of it just doing this amazing job that it was designed to do and so really having to like remind myself all the time like this is what your body needs to do you know your bust is going to grow it's going to do everything that it needs to do to give you a healthy baby and I think you know obviously Instagram is the worst right because once you start looking at anything you're getting so much content thrown your way so the minute I was pregnant obviously I'm googling things about pregnancy my Instagram knows that my whole explore page changed and there's just some really really glamorous pregnant women out there I think maybe some of them unfortunately do fall into the headspace that you had with with your second child where they're 
are very, very conscious about what they're gaining, which is such a shame. But I can see how it happens because there's so much pressure, right? And so many people have said to me, don't worry, you'll be back in your clothes in no time. And it's almost like it's actually not helpful. <laughs> people are being so kind when they say it. They really are. And it's meant with the best intentions. But we're not all going to get back into our pre-pregnancy clothes. And that's perfectly fine. And it's almost like coaching yourself to say, okay, that's irrelevant. When I've had the baby safely and healthily, I'll wear whatever I need to wear and approach it that way. And if I'm too tired to work out, I'm too tired to work out. And that's perfectly fine. Rather than going into it like, this is what I'll need to do, you know, because everyone's saying I will get back to the way that I was before. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not important. So important that that message really gets out there because from the second that you are pregnant, you start to be bombarded with this how to get back into shape, how to yes. bounce back bounce back what a term and I yes something that I remember even in the hospital and I can't remember which one of the boys I'd had I do think it was my first the bounty bags had things like Slimming World and Weight Watchers next to them no. yeah and I just remember thinking you are targeting a market of people who have been conditioned really to feel pressure about their yeah. body already and then on top of that I've got all these hormones ping-ponging around yeah, yeah. And tired and are you know got so many other things on their mind and you're there going yeah but you shouldn't eat that <laughs> yeah just so unhelpful and so unnecessary you know our bodies yeah. have changed because we've given birth to an actual human being like <laughs> exactly feel when you think about it you have this new human being who you're caring for 24 7 you're they're everything yeah the last thing on your mind really needs to be whether or not you're fitting in the clothes of the you beforehand it certainly was for me with most of my pregnancies I, I would dare to say all of them to be fair I was a bit better really but with all of them especially with Toby I was obsessed with getting back into my pre-pregnancy jeans and that kind of thing yeah I was so proud when I did at two weeks at a complete detriment oh bless you so it's really important that that message gets out there that that's not the priority and that actually taking care of yeah. yourself and your new baby in whatever way that looks like for you as you say if you're too tired to work out don't if you feel like it do, you do it yeah absolutely I think I think that's really key for me it's something that always kind of fluctuates like even before I've been pregnant you know sometimes I really do want to work out and sometimes I don't want to work out and sometimes I'm you know more mindful of what I'm eating and other times I'm not and I think you know that's normal it's natural and I think particularly if I can imagine after I've had a baby and the body's been through labor right which in itself is apparently extremely tiring and you get home and you're learning everything for the first time like you shouldn't feel like your mind has to be focused on I'm going to be back in my size whatever my skinny jeans in just a couple of weeks it's just yeah we shouldn't feel that that thing and I hope that for anyone that comes across me while I'm pregnant or you know is, is looking at my content that that is something that I'm getting across because I do have quite a love-hate relationship with Instagram at times where you know we do always put forward like the best of everything right and I think it's something that I was conscious of before we tried for a baby was what is the world like for a daughter now like for a young girl right and particularly maybe doing what I do and in the way that I do it having been you know in the plus size kind of curve world and touching on body 
positivity and all those kind of things. And I had real concerns about like, you know, social media and its impacts on young people in general, but particularly I think with girls with some of the pressure of, you know, surgery and filters and fillers and, and all the things that are out there and what has become quite normalized. So yeah, I really, really hope that I'm always sharing stuff that is not making people feel that way, essentially, that is helping people feel like I can just be me and I can, you know, focus on what's important in life and not worry about what this person looks like or what size they are or their bounce back or their glow up or anything like that so hopefully helping to foster like a nice supportive environment I think you do do that and it's always been a goal of mine as well to kind of show the good with the bad because like you say it is yes a one-sided place at times I like the term highlight reel because quite often people do yeah. use highlight reel you know especially at times like the summer holidays people have said to me before I feel awful because I've done nothing with the kids and I keep seeing all these wonderful yeah. days out and trips here and doing this and actually that's because they're the things that people want to remember so they're popping that on yeah. there not necessarily putting on there the time when their kid was in an absolute dick and rolling around <laughs> I think again we do that with our positive moments when we like a picture of ourselves when we feel really good about ourselves and often we're not showing that other side of when we're curled up on the sofa and we're just in a big comfy tracksuit and we're just feeling really snuggly and it's not glamorous and it's just real life so I think that's mm. something I've always really wanted to try and do with my own social media as well is get that yeah out. and especially I have a daughter and she's six now I look at some of the things that she sees and think is that can be helpful for her when she's that bit older yeah that's what's great I mean I love your page and, and the reels especially like I just it's so engaging and so authentic as well which I think it's just so uncommon and, and, I, and I feel like there's this strange middle ground I don't know if you notice it but where it's authentic but for Instagram I feel like I see that quite a lot now and I struggle with that a bit because it's like kind of this weird middle space where it's very cultivated and curated but then it's kind of positioned as Authentic. And that's why I love your content. Again, Louise, I love her her content as well. Mama still loves it. I think as someone that's just entering slowly the um, kind of parent forum to see some of those things is really great because also I feel like I'm going into it informed and equipped as well. Like it's nice to see a beautiful glowing photo of a family with their children perfectly presented, right? That's lovely. But it doesn't give me an idea of what I'm letting myself in for. So I really appreciate when mums share their children kind of not driving them mad but testing patients and all the stories about their kids following them into the bathroom and all these things because it just lets me be informed going into what I'm doing right so I love that in a lot of ways I wish I'd been on Instagram because Ruben's my first and you know he's 10 and a half now and I, I often look and think I felt isolated I was one of the first of my friendship right. to be pregnant I worked at mother care at the time so I was quite well positioned yeah <laughs> but it's just a totally different thing you know where you don't necessarily see as much of the realistic day-to-day -day, the temper tantrums like you say the following into the bathroom and I wish it'd been yeah. there you give me those moments and to build that community yeah on a, a totally different note because you mentioned it earlier you said about craving <laughs> have you had any weird cravings do you know what I wouldn't say I've had weird cravings maybe they'll come later I have had aversions I think that's a better word to describe what I've been through but yeah so I was a massive chocoholic before I was pregnant 
I could go a day without a piece of chocolate, but I didn't like to do it. And, um, and I've tried all the sort of, you know, moving over to dark chocolate, you know, just have the one square, blah, blah, blah. But chocolate had to feature in my life in some way. And then all of a sudden I'm pregnant and I can't stand the taste of chocolate, which was, yeah, I feel like I didn't know myself. I was so confused. I was like, this is not, this is not the Laura that, you know, I've spent 30 odd years with. So I've just now kind of got back to enjoying chocolate, which is a weird thing to say, because maybe I should have just said goodbye to it while I had the chance but I just felt you know it's too important to me so I've just got back on that but I've done probably 25-30 weeks of hating it and yeah just to be honest before I wasn't like someone that would wake up and think oh a piece of toast but I think the carb thing I don't know if you experienced that or different people have different theories right it's because it's a girl or it's because it's your first or whatever but you know I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh a toasted bagel would be really good right now whereas I never really felt that way what food do I wish for today <laughs> when I was pregnant with Toby, it was Kit Kat, and I'd never been a big Kit really. Oh, I liked a Kit Kat. Everybody likes Kit Kat, but I'd never. <laughs> I must have a Kit Kat, and I was every single day in my pregnancy. Really, I didn't really gain any weight with that. I was quite obsessive with, but Kit Kat. After I finished work, I would drive to the petrol station and get one every single really? time. To, to be fair, actually, now that you're saying that, I had this strange moment last week where I could not stop thinking about Mars bar ice creams. <gasps> I was going to say Mars bar ice creams was another one that I like, but I think that's just because I like Mars bar ice creams. <laughs> like, I do like them, but I can't say it's like, it's not something th that we have in the house, right? It, it's something that I've had and I've really enjoyed it, but it's not something that I think about maybe as often as, as now. And I literally was sitting there one day and I was like, I've got to have a Mars bar ice cream. I've absolutely got to have one so I went to the supermarket got a four pack came back and it was a really hot day and it melted in the car in like 10 minutes so then I hit Deliveroo and I thought some kind of you know convenience store or food delivery thing will have them completely sold out right and in the end we had to do like a little drive-by and go to all the sort of convenience stores in the area and just find like one single Mars bar ice cream somewhere because it was so real right the need was so real and I couldn't even quite explain it to my fiance but I was like no I can't stop thinking about it and I'm not going to be able to till I've had it and I think maybe before you're pregnant you think oh yeah cravings you know it's probably something you just kind of want no they're so real <laughs> it isn't it it's like something that just makes you think all of a sudden no no I need that that is a need that yeah in my diet and I didn't like peanut butter before I was pregnant and right. then I looked alike for peanut butter and it wasn't a particular craving it was just I'd had something with peanut butter on it one day and was like no I like that now even down to your taste buds so much of your body and yeah. everything changes that even down to your taste buds which is so bizarre yeah. I think that's what I'm learning very quickly is how much of your body changes right and even just like I don't know how you found sleeping when you were pregnant but that's probably like the other side of what I'm really struggling with so I would say that I am a 100% back sleeper I love sleeping on my back it's how I'm comfortable and I knew that it was going to be difficult you know the hospital said try sleeping on your side from I think it was about 14 weeks they sort of mentioned it and I thought oh god I'm gonna have to train myself like I need to start now they told me it, it didn't really matter till I think sort of later in the second trimester but I knew that I wouldn't be able to so then it was a case of like really propping myself on my side and creating this fort with the cushions and everything and yeah even just like the way that your body aches and all the muscles move and I mean it is amazing like it's an amazing feat of, of engineering right that we can do what we do sometimes I do wonder how women do it again and again if I'm honest <laughs> because I think you must kind of forget right after you 
you've given birth. They put the baby on you and it's like, mm, I could do this again. This is lovely. And you really? T- well, I certainly did anyway. I was sat there like, I remember turning to my husband when I just had, I think it was Toby. And I turned to him and I was like, when we have the next one. And he was just sat there. <laughs> She is insane. You've given her too much gas. Yeah. She's not allowed to talk right now, don't you? But the next one, are you okay? That is so funny. So many people say that, that they literally have one and they're like, I need the next one. When are we having the next baby? I know. And I did. I was like, when we have the next one, I want to do it this way. And he just looked at me and was like, mm-hmm, no. <laughs> like oh, bless you. Mm-hmm, yeah, cool. <laughs> but you did. You did have another. I did have another one. Yes, I did. And I did actually, in fairness, after I'd given birth to Edith, look at him and go, no. <laughs> really? So that was that's your cut off three. Yeah, I've struggled with it because sometimes I thought, mm, would I like another one? But our family yeah. feels complete, and I'd never say never. But I think with the three, and the youngest is six now, and I just right. feel like we are nice. I think you instinctively know when you've reached yeah. it. Everybody's different, so maybe not. But I think my husband probably reached that point after number one. He was like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> always, always like, two will do, thank you. And I twisted his arm to three. And as somebody who always wanted five, I think we came into a nice compromise. So you wanted five? I did. You I wanted five. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I feel like you'd be outnumbered then. Yeah, I, I think I liked the idea of three probably until two or three. You know, I think beyond three, I think I would struggle a little bit. I admire someone that can kind of keep everything going with four children. I'm probably at that point in pregnancy where I'm like, you know, one is a really nice number. <laughs> my fiance is like, no way. Like, well, no, no, we're going to have another one. And I'm like, hmm. so when my friends tell me, oh, the minute they actually gave birth, they were already thinking about the next one. I'm sure I will be the same. But I think you reach that kind of third trimester heaviness and it's been kind of warm and humid. And you're like, no, you know, one, an only child would be great. I can move constantly concentrate my energies <laughs> whether or not you're going to be the mum who has the baby plopped on your chest and thinks forward to baby number two three whatever or whether you're yes. the person that has the baby plopped on their chest and thinks this has put me off whatever <laughs> you're going to be at that moment <laughs> time every single person I think has a part of pregnancy and goes I'm not keen <laughs> Yeah, this this is really hard. I remember saying to a family member, I was about 35 weeks pregnant. And I remember saying, how bad would it be if I went into labour now? Because I'll be honest, I'm really... really bad like this is really early you'd need at least yeah. two or three weeks like no and I just remember thinking I, I'm done like this is really hard work on my body and it's yeah. tempting, and I'm tired and aching yeah. and, up. and I'm a tummy sleeper so right. my tummy so you can imagine I had the same problem as you as trying to like train yeah. to be able to sleep on my side and I also found through pregnancy I had really bad nightmares which I right yeah when I'm hormonal around my period I get nightmares yeah not terrible but when I was pregnant I found it quite difficult I would get it quite a lot I say nightmares but it was more really vivid dreams like everything was that yeah I know exactly what you mean like it really felt like it's real even if it's not scary or it's just you think that was something that happened in your week right you wake up and you're like was that a dream or did did they know that happened it was too real it can't have been a dream that's it that kind of thing and I mean sometimes it would be nightmares but not it was more that it was vivid weird the way that it affects your body and your mind and everything yeah so what is it that you are looking forward to when baby does arrive my best friend she's got a little boy and she 
loved pregnancy. And then I think actually the labor, she didn't really, you know, maybe she went into it kind of thinking the less I know, the better. And then maybe regretted that a little bit and then hadn't thought so much about the bit after labor, right? Whereas I think I've spent most of my pregnancy looking forward to that bit. So as much as I'm like, oh, you know, pregnancy, and I and I probably feel the way that you felt around 34, 35 weeks where I'm like, oh, it would be great if she was early. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. Bring me that bit. So I'm really excited. I know it's going to be tough. And as you say, like a lot of people do do the scaremongering. Oh, you're not going to get any sleep and it's going to be really hard and all the nappies and things like that. And not at all comparing having a child to having a dog. But <laughs> we do have a dog and I love having the dog. And people said to me before I got the dog, are you sure? It's a commitment. And, you know, it is, but I absolutely wouldn't change it for the world. So I think some of the things that maybe friends have warned me about actually don't face me at all. And I think in ways, I don't know if you felt this way. I'm hoping it's a first pregnancy thing, but I'm very, very conscious of not doing anything while I'm pregnant that's wrong, right? <laughs> so like when they told you not to have caffeine, I really took it seriously, you know, don't want to take any paracetamol. Like I've probably been that person that's like, I won't forgive myself, right? If I do something that could be wrong at all. So I think I'm looking forward to kind of being able to relax and have her here and take on those kind of challenges of that, but feel like, okay, I can see her now and look after her and love her and, you know, do all those fun things and not worry so much about, oh gosh, I've woken up on my back again, or, you know, did I lie on my back for too long? Or was that cup of tea? Definitely decaf. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited to have it here. We've ordered the pram, we've got the changing table, we've got the crib. So yeah, we're just really excited to throw ourselves in. I think it is a really exciting time. I mean, I loved being pregnant. I loved that first period where, you know, in your own little bubble, really. So many people said to me, and we didn't do it with number one, and it was such a mistake. And I kind of say to everybody now was to stay in that little bubble. I think that was something that I wish we'd have done more with number one, and that I made sure we did with yeah. number three, because it made such a difference to just yeah. enjoy having our little family. And, you know, if people were like, oh, oh we want to come and see baby, and we weren't quite ready, we would say, no, yeah, send you a photo and that kind of thing. And it just, it was really special, especially with Edith. We kind of learned through mistakes and learned that as wonderful as it is to show your new off and to be like, look, look what I did. Um, (laughs) Really nice to be able to love them and bundle themselves up and take care of yourself. That phase for me, where it was just us as a family was really I loved that. I thought it was great. And yeah, it was hard. Edith came home. They kept me in hospital overnight because the boys were poorly when she was born. And they both got the random illnesses that toddlers tend to get. They were three and two and a bit. And they'd both kind of come down with fevers and weren't feeling very Um, well and that kind of thing. Literally like the worst timing for you, right? Very first night we had her home, both boys were in bed with her. Oh. both of them in bed up and down like yo-yos and then she was feeding I said to Adam at the time I feel like we've had the very worst that this could offer us <laughs> thrown yes on the very first night it's only up from here like gonna be fine but it really was it threw us into the deep end I don't think we had anyone around for the first two weeks really because we were just so, yeah like we all need to recuperate we are 
yeah so yeah. it's really nice to stay in our bubble so bubbles are the best <laughs> yeah I think that's that's the thing I'm due at the end of October I mean although I probably you know given the opportunity to time it maybe I wouldn't be pregnant in the heat right maybe I wouldn't be pregnant through the summer although the UK summer has been really kind to me this year it's not exactly been a heat wave like last year has it so it's worked out quite well and then at the end of October hopefully she is kind of on time I don't really want to go over given the choice but hopefully she'll be on time and then I'm just seeing it as like just eight weeks to Christmas just enjoying and being at home and you know feeling like you can just get cozy at home and have that time because I think that is some really good advice that you know everyone's kind of said enjoy being at home with the baby don't put pressure on yourself don't feel like you have to have people around all the time you know you need what you need and you need to be able to relax and just kind of find some routine for yourself so I'm gonna try and keep that advice really close and just stay at home and be in the bubble oh lovely how have you found things like picking names oh so it's so funny that you said that because we found the name thing a real responsibility I'm sure everyone does and we're very like oh gosh you know it's important that we get this right my fiance's family he grew up in the UK but his family are Nigerian so we want to try and incorporate something you know cultural in that sense actually my my agent gave me some really sound advice and she said when you have an idea what you want to name your child don't share it with anyone (laughs) she said I made the mistake of telling my mother-in-law the name that I picked for my son and she didn't like it and I still wanted to go ahead with it and I couldn't forget that she didn't like it right so I've held that close to my chest but I was actually on a shoot yesterday and the photographer said have you seen the baby name tinder app and I was like no I've never heard of this and she's like oh it's genius you know you download it your partner downloads it you get sent names and you swipe right or left if you like them or you don't and then you get alerted when you get a match right which I thought was so genius because there's that strange pressure right where you like a name and then maybe they don't really like it and you're trying to explain you know and this way it was like we don't actually have to really discuss the names you can say if you like it on your app I can say if I like it on mine and then we'll go through the matches both of us downloaded that yesterday (laughs) and had a good go and we're up to like seven matches now which is really great I think that's a good rate of match that is impressive now when Adam and I were discussing names and it did not matter which baby it was we found girls names slightly easier but mine okay were the battles we had over boys really oh my goodness yes he would come out with some ridiculous suggestions <laughs> <laughs> like a variation of the surname of a footballer that he liked and I'd be like oh, oh god what are you doing I'd suggest a name and he'd be like uh, what, why? Why yeah. is this? And I'd be like, I like that name. And then we'd come to blows of it. Then I'd be like, but I'm the one that has to give birth. So back it up, buddy. Like, That's what I was going to say. This is my name choice. And he'd just be like, yeah. you know, I get a say as well. We'd just back and forth. So that would have been ingenious for us because we could not agree on anything. And I think Ruben bizarrely popped up. I wanted to call him Jasper all the way through pregnancy. And that's what I've been calling okay. the book. Rumbling about it constantly. And then we were in the delivery room and we both meant mentioned Reuben on our list at some yeah. and sort of gone eh. it's not one that we're massively attached to like I was hella attached to Jasper <laughs> but at the time we were both sort of like eh, it's okay and then I ended up having an emergency c-section and I was okay. on the table and I said to him I can't hear Reuben crying and he was like who the hell is Reuben <laughs> <laughs> he was like 
that what we call it cool whatever that's fine we had a bit of a rough birth with Reuben other two much better um, so with him I think at the time Adam was just so overwhelmed and a bit panicked that he was like whatever and whatever you want whatever you want you can call him a64 if you want I don't <laughs> whatever you want to call this child please just be okay and um that's how we ended up naming him was because I just suddenly out of nowhere after all these months of battle I just hit you it just was like that's what he's called and that was it so it's really weird I think sometimes you've got these names that you agree on and Edith we didn't name her for a week I was actually going to ask you I was going to say like did you going into each of your pregnancies did you kind of have the names prepared or did you want to you know meet the baby first because everyone takes a different approach we planned to have the names pre-agreed yeah and then we were just right. on things. That was kind of with Ruben. I think with Toby, he's Tobias. He's actually Tobias Aluko. Aluko is a whole city footballer's surname. Um, <laughs> I um, can guess who chose that. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> and I was like, I really like Aluko. I actually like Tobias Aluko. I like that. It's really nice. It suits me. Wow. It was one of those that I was like, fine, let's just go with it. I'm not going to argue with you. Let's do it. And we kind of had that in situ. And then with Edith, yeah. we weren't sure whether we liked Edith or Aurora. So we called her both to see which one fitted. Poor child. And then we eventually settled on that and went and registered her with it. Naming was hilarious in our household. Yeah, I think it's like a bit of give and take, right? Although I do feel, I have to say, I was listening to you say that and I'm thinking, I feel like moms should get a little bit more, like, I don't know, is it like a 60-40 split or something? that we should get because also I think this is something that I was saying to my friend yesterday that again I didn't anticipate this but I'm so aware I have this little human previously maybe I thought oh when you're pregnant you know you're having a baby but actually like you know I'm aware and we had a 3D scan and so now it's like okay I've seen this baby's face right and so I really feel like everything's already changed from mom once they're pregnant you know, you're adapting and making sacrifice and you're so acutely aware like you're feeling all the movement and you're so aware that you've got this little human on board which is obviously different for their father they're not going to have that same thing so I do think maybe mums do get a little bit more of a say maybe on the name after the debacle of trying to name our kids I'm 100% with you there I was quite adamant that you know a big portion of this decision was going to be me and we did yeah obviously we did we we talked it yeah I was quite firm that I wanted the overall say you are so aware and I do think things change for the person that is carrying that child because you've already kind of built that bond and you've already adapted yeah. so much of your life to accommodate this child whereas yeah. your partner might not have that experience of being pregnant but I do think that makes a big difference I know Adam always sort of said to me for him it really kind of hit home when the baby was plonked in his arms whereas yes I- this has hit home for me months ago. Months ago, yeah. Totally different thing for each respective partner, depending yeah. on what's happening. And it's so different for everyone. Absolutely. I think these are just things you learn with your first pregnancy as well, right? It's that you know that when a woman is pregnant, she feel the baby moving and you hear all these things and friends even tell you, right? And they're like, oh, baby's moving or the kicks or whatever. And you're like, no, it's lovely. But when it actually happens to <laughs> you, no, because you are, you're like, oh, that's so cute. Your brain, well, my brain's certainly maybe it's just a me thing but my brain didn't really tell me like no you're gonna really feel like a leg or a fist or like if she moves you're gonna see where like her bum is sticking out or whatever so I mean again it's what I always come back to is that I'm so grateful right it's such an amazing experience that I think you can't really lose sight of how crazy it is what your body's doing and that it can do it and how natural it is even if it feels a bit strange at times like how it's you know what it was designed to do so yeah I am so so grateful to be able to to sit here and say like oh, I can see my child move 
moving at night when I lie down. It's crazy. It's a miracle, really, that your body yeah. do these things. And it is, as with everything with your body, it should be celebrated, even yeah. if you're not feeling positive about it at the time. You know, your body is a wonderful thing. So yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it's been wonderful to chat all things pregnancy and just to relive some of my memories as well. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years since I had my first pregnancy. So it's so lovely to hear oh, wow. the things with yours. So will you tell people who are listening exactly where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at I'm Laura Lou, the best place you can find me. Hopefully I'll be able to share lots of, lots of good content in in terms of like feeling good about your body at every stage of pregnancy when you're not pregnant and beyond oh amazing thank you so much and I am really looking forward to seeing your journey thank you so much thank you again for having me it was so lovely to hear about your experiences as a mom as well it really is informative and, and I love it so thank you so much for sharing thank you bye thank you bye